This episode was pre-recorded on August 18th to promote Mesquite ISD's new leadership and empowerment team, or LET. Through this podcast, you will hear firsthand how MISD works daily to provide equitable learning environments for all. Though our podcast episode was pre-recorded, we acknowledge that current issues and events, such as the August 23rd Jacob Blake shooting, are painful to our community and why these conversations are necessary. Welcome to episode three of Let's Talk, a podcast highlighting the work of Mesquite ISD's new leadership and empowerment team, or LET. My name is Ted Madden, and I work in the communications department. And I'm Daniel Norwood, social studies coordinator for the district. We established the leadership and empowerment team with the goal of knocking down any racial, cultural, or gender-related obstacles to ensure our students have the most equitable learning environments to become the leaders they want to be. Today, we are visiting with Mesquite ISD Director of Personnel, Mary Randall. Every week, we like to begin by establishing who we are so you can better understand our perspective. I'm a 47-year-old white man. And I'm a 38-year-old black man. And I'm a very mature black woman. There you go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it's always fun to see how that's going to happen. So what year did you start in the district, as, as I avoid your age? What year did you start in the district? And how much have the demographics changed over the years? Well, Ted, I started here at Mesquite ISD in 1993, and I came into the district as a high school science teacher at North Mesquite High School. And uh, at that time, Mesquite ISD was probably in the high 70s uh, Caucasian, about 75, 76 percent Caucasian, and uh, the other 20-something percent was um, a, a mixture, uh, very few African-American students. There were some Hispanics, uh, a few Asians, but uh, it was a very small number of, um, of minority students at the time. Uh, and the same was true about uh, the workforce. The workforce pretty much mirrored. Um, actually, the workforce was more like 80-something percent uh, Caucasian and about 20 percent um, minority at that time. You said when you started the student population was about 76% white. Uh-huh. The teacher and administrative staff was about 80-something percent. Mm-hmm. What is it now? Um, as far as the student population, well, I know that we are way up in the high 70s as far as uh, uh, low socioeconomic students. Um, but as far as our student demographics, our Hispanic population is the largest now. And I want to say we're maybe about 60% somewhere along those lines. And then um, about 20-something percent um, African-American, and then it's just even less than 20% now uh, Caucasian student population-wise. And for our um, workforce, our workforce now, we're about 45% um, minority uh, in the workforce now. Um, so, And when I say 45%, uh, that includes all races, except uh, Caucasian. As someone who also grew up here, uh, or grew up here in the 80s, um, and being here for the, the change in demographics, mm-hmm. what what changes have you seen to the teaching uh, in the district as we've seen those changes? Well, Daniel, when I first landed at North Mesquite High School, there were I think there were three African-American teachers. That was me, uh, mm-hmm. Sergeant Major Martin, the ROTC sergeant, and then we had a coach 
uh, there by the name of Archie Green. There were three of us. And there was a Hispanic, I can remember there was a Hispanic lady who taught uh, Spanish there. So there were not very many minority uh, teachers on that campus. Um, And I started out as a science teacher, as I said. I I taught chemistry there for five years. And I finished my master's in administration and uh, decided that I would... um, Check and see, you know, how administration was. Well, um, during that time, there were not very many uh, minority employees in administration in Mesquite ISD. But by the time I uh, got to my fourth year teaching, I noticed that um, the demographics were starting to change dramatically in Mesquite ISD. That would have been about 1997. Uh, more minority kids were coming in, more African-American kids, more Hispanic kids were coming into the district. However, the demographics of the workforce was not changing to mirror that. So that became a concern of mine. Um, So my fifth year teaching, uh, we started to um, see a few more minority teachers come to uh, North Mesquite. And understand I'm I'm at a campus, so I didn't get to see the the big global picture of the district. Uh, But we started to see a few more uh, minority teachers come to the district. But again, uh, it didn't quite mirror the the change that we were seeing in the demographics. It wasn't, uh, the workforce wasn't changing as fast as the student demographics was changing. Uh, But by the time I finished my uh, administrative certification uh, after the fifth year of teaching, I did um, get a job offer at at North Mesquite High School uh, as an assistant principal. And uh, during that time, I worked with um, one of the the biggest concerns I had. Now, although I was teaching chemistry, I did not see a a whole lot of kids that looked like me in the chemistry classes. I taught AP chemistry and um, I taught GT chemistry. And so I um, was trying to do my due diligence to uh, try to get those kids involved and get them interested in um, in the sciences and that kind of thing. And one of the things I found in uh, having some very candid discussions with them was that, um, you know, they didn't see a whole lot of people that looked like them. So therefore, in those kind of teaching, those kind of classes, so they really didn't have a huge interest in that. And that kind of, you know, that concerned me a little bit. Uh, but anyway, um, some great teachers there at North Mesquite. Uh, we uh, did a little, had a few um, conversations about that. And, and we were able to uh, get more kids interested in uh, those GT classes and AP classes, started to see the numbers change. Um, and after about my third year as an assistant principal, close about the middle of that, um, I noticed that there started to, um, students started to um, have lots of disagreements, you know, they uh, just minor things. And, you know, I don't want to say it was a racial thing, but, you know, they, like I said, the demographics were changing dramatically. And I don't think a lot of the, the white kids really understood. I wouldn't say they weren't accepting our minority students, but they were not understanding a lot of the changes that were going on. And our African-American kids were not um, understanding why other people were not understanding, you know, why they were there. So there was a lot of conflict that was starting to arise. So I started working with a group of of African-American girls during that year because they were fighting all the time about something and started working with them. We started doing some uh, peer mediation and uh, coming together in the morning, coming together in the afternoon to try to work out differences. And one of the things that came out of those meetings that I had with those students was that 
They just didn't see teachers here, there at North Mesquite that they felt like they could trust and to talk to and to share their those things that were bothering them because they didn't feel like they would understand what they were dealing with. So I totally got that. I totally did. And it was no disrespect to those teachers, but it's just a, it's a known fact. Research shows that kids are going to uh, want to gravitate towards people that look like them and people that they feel like they can trust and understand where they're coming from. They had some great white teachers. They had teachers who loved them, who uh, totally cared about them and their education. But a lot of times our kids, our uh, minority students, didn't see those teachers as people who they could truly who could truly understand um, their journey and their walk and the things in life that they were they were seeking. So anyway, uh, that was a big eye opener for me. And it kind of helped me to understand, too, some of the aggression that some of the students were showing towards others and some of the um, the things that were going on that uh, kind of kept them in ISS and getting detentions and things like that. It, it was very difficult. It, it's very difficult sometimes for people to uh, take the time to truly find out the root of the problem. It's just so much easier to say, you know, I'm going to write a detention, you go to detention, that kind of thing. But, you know, when you take the time to really hear where a student is coming from and understand that background, you, you start to understand why we see these kind of behaviors. And then you can deal with those behaviors a lot better. So that's how I spent the majority of that last semester as an assistant principal at North Mystique, truly trying to understand not just the African-American kids, but the Hispanic kids as well, because there was a lot of conflict between Hispanics and African-Americans because they were they were coming to Mesquite by the droves. I mean, and Mesquite ISD really wasn't ready in my opinion, for that. Um, and I, I, I could see the need for more minority teachers to, so that these kids would have somebody to relate to, that they felt like they could trust and they could um, could share their their life you know, uh, stories with them. So um, I had no intentions of um, working in personnel or anything like that. You know, I was an assistant principal and that was going to be um, where I was going to be. And but one of the things I talked to my principal about, Susie Court was the principal at the time, was how we could get more minority people to want to come to Mesquite. And I can tell you this, I was reluctant to apply in Mesquite uh, also uh, because I had heard, you know, that they just don't hire a lot of minority people. My husband and I bought a house here. Our two kids were going to school in Mesquite. But every day I would pass three or four schools going to Dallas ISD because I was teaching at Skyline High School before I came to Dallas. And um, but I did end up in Mesquite ISD. Ronnie Pardon was the principal at North Mesquite at the time that I landed here. Um, but I have had a, a great experience uh, in Mesquite ISD. But during that time that I was an assistant principal, I was five years as a, as a teacher prior to that. And then I, I just moved here from uh, Dallas ISD. I had taught there for four years. And prior to that, I was in Arkansas for eight years. So for 17 years, I was a classroom teacher. And then three years as an assistant principal. So that was 20 years on a campus somewhere, teaching high school, working with high school students. So I had a real connection with that age group. And I, kids felt very comfortable coming in my office and sitting down talking to me, even if they were not in my alphabet. Because at the time, uh, students were divided by alphabet, and I had the latter part of the alphabet. But um, they were able to come in and really talk about some real serious issues that I don't think they would have ever opened up and talked to, about to someone else. And, and what they were looking for is someone who was not going to judge them, someone who was just going to listen and hear them out 
And then when we were done, I was able to offer them some good sound advice and to um, help them to see uh, what other people were seeing and why other people felt the way they did. Uh, But anyway, I um, had decided, you know what, this is definitely where I'm going to be. I had a nice conversation with Susie Court. Uh, We need to work on trying to get some more minority people, not just at North Mesquite, but in Mesquite ISD, period. And I, you know, I would lay awake at night thinking, what can I do to to help make this change? And so um, one day Susie Court came to me and she said, well, Mary, they are going to be contacting you to interview for a principal job in the district. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I don't want to be a principal, you know, and it really hadn't crossed my mind. I was like, I don't want to be a principal. I'm trying to figure out what I can do to make a difference here at North Mesquite High School. And so um, didn't want to do that. But later on that year, um, Lanny Frazier gave me a phone call. And uh, he said they had just uh, added an an additional uh, position to the department where he works. It was personnel services, and he wanted to know if I was interested in coming over to interview. And I was thinking, no, I really don't want to do that either because that's going to take me off the campus, and I won't be around kids anymore. I'm thinking, I'm not sure. He was like, well, why don't you just come on over, and let's talk about this. Very nice. That was the first time I'd ever met him. I'd heard about Lanny Frazier. I'd never met him before. I'd heard about him, nice things about him. And I was thinking, okay, at the very least, I can go and listen to him. But anyway, I went to the interview and uh, interviewed. The interview went well. And uh, the next day, uh, he called and they offered me the job. And I wanted a little time to think about it because here's the deal. I was an educator. I got into this business so that I could impact kids. 17 years into it, and now I'm going to be totally removed from that. And this is what he said. This will take you off that path. This will be a totally different path. You won't be working with kids directly. You won't have that kind of contact. And I'm thinking, that that's just not me. There is no way I'm going to be able to do that. So I went home and talked to my husband about it. And um, he said, you have been talking for the last several months about what you could do to change the demographics of Mesquite ISD. He said, this is the answer to your prayer right here. And I never looked at it that way. He said, this is the answer to your prayer, because one of the things that came out in the interview when I asked what the job responsibilities would be, one of them was recruitment. And uh, he did say that they were wanting to uh, do more recruiting and uh, to branch out a little bit more and go to, uh, you know, some additional colleges and universities. And 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 since I had a secondary background, uh, wanted me to kind of oversee the secondary campuses in the district. So I thought, you know what, that might not be a bad idea after all. So anyway, that's how I ended up in personnel services. So that was really one of my number one priorities coming into that job was to to do what I could to impact the district in that way. And in doing so, I got the opportunity to um, hire some outstanding teachers, not just minority teachers, but hire some outstanding teachers uh, in general. But it did give me a different perspective on things uh, being in that position because I was able to see uh, the numerous campuses in this district that uh, needed to um, diversify their workforce. And I really do believe uh, after this many years uh, being in personnel services, I really think that I have had a great deal of impact in that regard. Um, Going to college campuses and talking to kids has been um, an inspiration for me. And uh, 
telling our story in Mesquite ISD and, and getting people excited and interested in coming to this district has been uh, one of the great pleasures that I've enjoyed in being in this in this department. But that was kind of the answer to my prayers, and, and I didn't even realize it, you know, at first. But um, I think that our... Um, our workforce has uh, changed dramatically over the years. And I'm not just saying that because I'm working in personnel, but I think that uh, in the last several years that other um, people in administration and our campus principals have realized the importance of diversity in the workforce. And they too have made a very valiant effort to, to work together with our personnel team and our department in helping to diversify their campuses and their departments. And as you can see now throughout the district, um, I think that our our supervisors and our um, principals and other people in leadership positions have done a great job in doing that. I certainly cannot take credit for, uh, for all of that, but I do think that um, that my coming over to personnel services did have some impact on on that because we have added several minority campuses to our recruiting uh, list for the uh, spring and fall semesters. And unfortunately, um, as the years have gone by, those numbers that we're seeing on the recruiting trail are declining. Uh, it's just not the, the kind of, uh, of uh, selection, the, the numbers, numbers-wise. It's just not as many minority teachers that are going into the, the profession now. So um, we're all kind of jockeying and vying for the same people the, when we go to a job fair. I've mentioned this before in one of our meetings, Daniel, that uh, you know you know that the, the pickings are slim when you go into a room at a recruiting event and you have more recruiters than you have uh, applicants, applicants coming through. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and we're all vying for this same group. You know, we, there were 36 or 40 recruiters in one room at an event, and there were probably 15 teacher applicants that came through. And maybe of that 15, maybe three or four were minority teachers. So um, we are facing right now one of the largest teacher shortages that this nation has ever faced in the past 40 years. So it's pretty scary right now. Mm-hmm. As a follow-up, you mentioned the teacher shortage. Um, you know, for Mesquite, what are we doing right now to to uh, promote or recruit more of our own students to, to be involved in education? I'm so glad you asked because we are doing some amazing things along those lines. Uh, A couple of years ago, um, uh, you all probably know that we have one of our CTE programs is Ready, Set, Teach. And we have that program at all five of our high schools. And that program is designed to um, help prepare students who have an interest in education to um, get a feel for what it's like to be a teacher. So that particular program does uh, provide them with some uh, guidance in uh, the field of education and uh, the basic fundamental um, um, preparedness for classroom teachers. And they do have a lab that goes along with that. They get to go out to some of the campuses and work one-on-one with students. And there is um, a junior year and a senior year. It's a a two-year program for them. So a few years ago, Dr. Vrulman worked with us in um, agreeing to uh, offer these students, once they graduate from this program, a guaranteed contract to come back and work in the district. So this was our way of um, making a commitment to our kids and uh, having them to come back and work in the district so they can give back to the district. Uh, we're now three years into that, and we have um, 
each year at our board meeting uh, in June, we bring those students in that are graduating in the Ready, Set, Teach program. Uh, they do have to meet a set of criteria. Uh, they do have to have uh, completed both years, uh, the first and second year program, maintain a 3.0 GPA or higher. They also have to have a good recommendation from their teacher. They also um, uh, have to have, uh, you know, no behavior problems and things like that. And uh, they also have to um, enter a four-year college and uh, major in education and they have to maintain a 3.0 GPA while they're in college. And as long as they have a, finished the uh, appropriate certification requirements to teach when they're done and they graduate and they have a good, clean criminal background, then we do honor that uh, guaranteed contract. We call it a guaranteed contract. Actually, it's uh, more of a, a letter of intent to hire for those students. And they actually sign that letter at the board meeting that night. And it's really exciting because they bring their parents and they have family members there. And to me, that's, that says a lot about a district who will put that kind of of um, faith and trust in their students and to um to give them, this is money we're talking about right here, a job. But that to me says a lot about a district who has that kind of commitment to their students. And in that letter, it does say that our commitment, we're, we're going to hold up our end of the bargain. And the only way that um, that contract would be null and void is if that student did not meet the keep their end of the bargain. Uh, so next year should be the year that we'll start seeing uh, some of those kids uh, come back to work for us. We have uh, to date have given out about 118 of those guaranteed um, letters of intent to hire. So we're hoping even if only half of those kids come back, that will be huge as far as a contribution to our workforce here in the district. So we're really excited about that. And all five of the high schools have great teachers who oversee those programs, and they keep in touch with those kids and encourage them. And um, I think it's one of the best programs our district has right now. We've talked a lot about demographics, and I'm just mm -hmm. curious generally what your thoughts are on this idea. If you don't want the teachers' demographics to exactly match the students necessarily. No. Uh, so what is ideal? Well, I think that, uh, and you're right, Ted, there is no real magic number when it comes to that. But I do think that every kid that walks through any of our buildings should be able to see somebody that looks like them. It doesn't have to be, a, uh, metrically speaking, you know, an equal amount, but they need to see somebody that looks like them, someone that they can relate to, someone that can be a great role model. And I'm not saying that... Um, People of other um, ethnicities can't be great role models for other kids. But, you know, statistics do show that kids that, that get to see people and work with people of, of their own ethnicity do tend to perform better, at, especially in the lower grades. They need to see people who look like them. And we know and you all know that our demographics have changed dramatically. And as I said before, the majority of our kids are coming from low socioeconomic backgrounds. Our free and reduced lunch numbers are really high. And so a, a lot of our kids oftentimes are coming from homes where they don't have two parents, where they don't have a lot of opportunities to do things that other kids get to do, go places and see things and do things. And and I think that um, having good role models in their life, they do need to see people uh, that mirror their ethnicity 
doing great things, you know, and, and being able to to hear the great stories that they tell about the accomplishments that they've had, that gives them hope uh, of, of success. And so, no, I don't think that there's a magic number as to um, a breakdown as to how many uh, should be in a district or on a campus, but I do think there needs to be enough that our kids get it, that, you know, that these uh, that there are people here that look like them that can be successful as well that they can relate to that they that they can talk to and that understand their struggle and understand their story. I know from from knowing you from se- for several years yes. uh, and working together on the LET committee, I know you never turned down an opportunity to recruit. Uh, <laughs> so if you had an opportunity to speak directly to uh, either parents in the community who might be looking to uh, join the education field or students in the community who might be looking to uh, go into education, uh, what would you say to them to, to, I guess, encourage them to join education? Well, for one, I would tell them that it's probably one of the best professions you could ever choose. And I'm not just saying that. That's just that's just that's not something I'm just saying. I truly believe that. And I chose to go in education because I really did want to make a difference in the life of kids because I had educators when I was growing up who were very committed to to me as a student, who believed in me and who um who encouraged me and helped me uh, to be the person that I am today. And I, I see the need for that. I saw the need for that early in my teaching career. And I saw that need even greater when I came uh, from Arkansas to Dallas and I worked at Skyline High School where there were almost 4,000 kids, which is about a third of the number of people that were in the town that I grew up in, you know, in Arkansas. But uh, coming to... Um, Dallas ISD at Skyline High School, which was at that time the largest high school in Dallas ISD, that was a huge eye-opener for me. Um, I had never in my life been on a high school campus that size, and that was the first time I'd ever worked with Hispanic students. We didn't have Hispanic students in Arkansas where where I grew up. So that was my first uh, experience working with Hispanic students. I didn't speak a lick of Spanish, and I still speak very little of it now, but they were some of the greatest kids that I've ever worked with. And... um, enjoyed that time there. But I would tell people that um, if you ever want to truly make a difference in the lives of children, teaching is the way to go. And that is what uh, drove me to this direction. And that has, is what has kept me here. And even though the majority of my, um, my job responsibilities now are very different than what they were when I came into personnel, I still feel like I have a lot of influence you know, on the the hiring process here in the district. And when you hire great people, then you're going to have an even greater impact on kids. It's kind of a a trickle-down effect. So I would tell people that, you know, coming to Mesquite is the right place to be because I do know from my own experience that that this district do take care of its employees and that we have some great uh, opportunities uh, here in the district, uh, not just for personal growth and development, but opportunities to really make a difference. Uh, in the lives of the people that we work with. Mary, thanks for your time and perspective. Thank you. That's MISD Personnel Director Mary Randall. We appreciate her joining us and sharing all of that. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast so you can get new episodes as they're released. Just search for Let's Talk wherever you get your podcasts. For Daniel Norwood, I'm Ted Madden. Let's talk again next week.